This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, good morning, Steve. Uh, good to see you again uh, virtually. How are you holding up with all the COVID? We're, we're doing fine. We're, we're doing everything virtually. Haven't been to D.C. since March, but everything's going well. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad, you're, glad you're safe and, and healthy. Um, you've been in the air cargo industry for decades. Can you talk a little bit about all the complexities within the supply chain? Yeah, there is no real one air cargo industry. It's a complex web of companies, all of whom play a part in, uh, in, in the supply chain. So it's everything from passenger airlines who carry cargo in the bellies of their planes to the all-cargo uh, industry, which only carries cargo. Uh, to air freight forwarders or indirect air carriers who act as intermediaries and supply cargo to to the airlines, to the certified screening facilities, to canine facilities, um, even to airports and, and, and the shipping community. They're all involved. And, and what we learned pretty quickly is it's very complex and one size can't fit all. Um, and so regulating the air cargo supply chain is difficult. I feel sorry for you a bit, John, because there are so many complexities. And one of those complexities is dealing with how people relate to one another, the interrelationship of the various parties, and what happens when freight is handed off from one component to another. So the, the, the supply chain is very complex, and you know we all deal with our own little piece of it, but you have to deal with, with the, the entirety of it to make it secure. Um, so it, 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 it's, a re it's a real challenge. Yeah, no, it sure is. And I think from my perspective as the executive director of the air cargo division with TSA, it's really important the cooperation and collaboration between industry and government to get things right. Uh, it's easy for us policymakers in Washington to sit up and, and just write policy without any real uh, grasp of perspective. Um, and so that cooperation uh, and collaboration between government and industry is, is key in my mind to getting policy and other aspects of uh, air cargo security right the first time. From your perspective, can you talk a little bit about the collaboration and cooperation that you have with, the, with TSA and other agencies? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think that not only with security, but safety also, that it, it works best when government and industry work together. Now, you, you've got to understand that the government and stakeholders, there's a dynamic tension there because we're regulated, you're regulating. But getting beyond that, um, it's, it's not an us versus them, and it can't be in either the security or safety areas. Um, we've got to work together to identify challenges, identify gaps, and then together fashion solutions to, to solve the problems that are identified. Um, we do that on an individual basis from the all-cargo perspective, but we also have the Aviation Security Advisory Committee, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, which is a congressionally mandated advisory committee to the TSA administrator and contains all segments of the, of the industry. And, and that advisory committee, or ASAC, provides air, uh, recommendations in all areas of, of security to the administrator, 
Um, and then TSA can take those and, and either agree with them or not agree with them, but at least it establishes yet another line of communication between industry and government, uh, which, which we think is absolutely crucial. Now, you know, John, one of, the, one of the things we've discovered as we go through this is that today's TSA is not yesterday's TSA, and it certainly isn't the TSA of five years ago. Um, things have changed within the agency. Um, it, as, as a matter of fact, your job didn't exist two or three years ago. Um, could, could you just explain a little bit the structure within the agency and, and what's changed in the last couple of years? So <clears throat> actually back uh, in the 2006-2008 timeframe, uh, my job did exist at that time. And, and the, there was an air cargo division within TSA at that time. And the primary focus of, of that division was preparing for the 100% screening mandate for passenger air carriers, which occurred in, in August of 2010. And then after that, for multiple reasons during reorganizations, uh, the air cargo division was, uh, was disbanded and, and put in different disparate parts of the organization. Um, and I think uh, both TSA and industry found over time that was probably the, not the right uh, solution, and it was hurting uh, industry and TSA. So uh, the TSA Modernization Act of 2018 actually mandated the, the recreation of the air cargo division, and I was selected as executive director. Uh, and that was one of the agency priorities through the Modernization Act was reestablishment of, of our organization and my division. A couple other things that are really near and dear to my heart. Um, policy and centralizing the policy decision-making within TSA in my office. Um, we work very closely with security operations and the lawyers, but policy and, and the policy-making uh, uh, aspect uh, resides in, in my office, and that's, that's clear, and that's a, an agency uh, initiative that we're glad to see happen. Uh, another thing that was re required by the Modernization Act was the creation of a third-party canine a program, and that uses uh, independent uh, canine companies who are directly regulated by TSA to provide air cargo screening services to certified cargo screening facilities as well as air carriers. We uh, initiated that program back in December of 2018. Uh, it's been very successful to date. We're very pleased with it, and I think overall industry is pleased. Uh, currently, we have uh, nine regulated parties with over 200 canine team screening cargo at about 25 domestic airports. So uh, that was an agency initiative and, and one of my priorities as well. Um, another aspect that I'm focusing on is, is increasing uh, industry's uh, air cargo screening proficiencies. Uh, we always want to optimize and enhance industry's uh, abilities in the cargo screening realm. So whether it's assisting industry with uh, testing techniques internally or uh, better methods for screening itself, even training, we want to look at ways to, to increase proficiency out there to make sure that we're doing the best we can with industry to, to find uh, the potential threats. And then the last thing I think we need to look at that is on my radar is advancing the technology. Uh, the next generation of, uh, let's say, cargo pallet screening equipment um, and, and looking at ways to, to better provide tools to industry um, for air cargo screening. Yeah, and, and you know, one, one thing I think it's worth mentioning is that I, I know most people in the audience may be familiar with TSA screening. When TSA screens us at the airport, in the cargo realm, it's not TSA that screens the freight, it's industry that screens the freight. So all the things that John just said that you just said, 
you know, go to help the industry um, in, in its screening capability. Um, and and I, I think all of those are important. Um, we are very excited about the third-party canine screening abilities. Um, we're really glad that those were mandated in the law, as was your position mandated uh, in, in the 2018 law, because that means it's permanent and it's, it's much more difficult to change. We're also extremely excited about the fact that we've cut through some of the silos in the agency um, and, you know, can now blame you for everything in terms of policy instead of splitting that up among various other people. The, the last thing you mentioned about screening technology and screening proficiencies, um, we think that's very important. We think there are certain challenges there. Uh, to a large extent, cargo comes in, in all sizes, from the letter in an envelope that may be delivered by FedEx or UPS to oil well drilling uh, equipment, airplane parts, um, and everything in between. Um, and screening each of those things presents unique challenges. And especially with respect to the larger freight, um, how to screen that is, is, is a real challenge. And that takes, tech, that takes technology, but in order to get that technology, it takes research. And, and so we, have, we, have, we are really um, enthusiastic about the research arm of TSA and the ability to find new ways to screen all the cargo that's being moved. The problem with that, of course, is that takes money and, and often research and development money is the last that gets out the door. Um, and, and what a capital investment plan might be in a research plan for TSA in an unconstrained environment doesn't work in, a, in an environment that's constrained by, by congressional and, and presidential budgets. So I agree absolutely that we need to, to look at new ways of screening and develop new things and do research and development. We really need to convince Congress that that money is well spent. It's funny you bring that up about the, the screening technology, because to your point, um, <clears throat> the methods to screen fresh flowers are so much different than they are to, to screen fresh fish versus paper products versus machine products. So as uh, pleased as we are, <clears throat> excuse me, with third-party canine, you know, we, there's no silver bullet for air cargo screening. It takes a suite of technologies to be able to, to screen as effective as possible. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I think, you know, one of the things that, that's clear to me, and, and just by having this discussion, where industry and government diverge a lot of times is simply a lack of communication. So we need to keep having these, these discussions on where we are in the screening technology and, and, and what we need to do. Um, going back to ASAC, the advisory committee, we actually have a screening technology subcommittee and an air cargo subcommittee within ASAC. And they actually have an overlapping job now uh, together to try to figure out the way forward on screening technology. And I, I'm really pleased with that because it, we haven't pigeonholed ASAC. We're actually working across the subcommittees to try to get the job done. ASAC was so important in the creation of the third-party canine program. We, we created that program from scratch, so we didn't have uh, groups to reach out to specifically regarding canine. So we really leveraged uh, ASAC, the Air Cargo Subcommittee, to help us um, determine what that program ought to look like. And, and once again, we, we are really pleased with how it how it came out. Yeah, we, we are too. And, it, and the nice thing is not only did it, did it work theoretically, it's working in practical application. The only problem we have with the third party canine program is there aren't enough canines. Um, and and as, as, a screening, as the screening 
obligations of the industry rise in the coming years and as we react to whatever threats are out there, uh, we need every, every screening uh, asset we can, we can have to do the job right. And, and that sort of brings up another issue and that's, that's intelligence sharing. Um, you know, uh, one, of, one of my members once presciently said, we can't fix what we don't know about. Uh, and, and traditionally, it's been very difficult for industry and government to share intelligence data. And that's because of the sensitivity of the data and sometimes the unwillingness of the government in the past to give industry the data it needs to address threats. That was, has always been, you know, not only between industry and government, but between industry, uh, between government agencies. Uh, TSA can't tell us what they don't know. And sometimes we found that the, the problem between government agencies and intelligence sharing, but it's a very important thing that, that sometimes goes under the radar. Um, we need to know the intelligence that, that the government has so that we can address those issues. And, and conversely, we have sophisticated um, intelligence sharing within our, within our community, and we need to be able to give that to the government. That today's intelligence sharing capabilities compared with five years ago or light years apart. Uh, and, and from an industry perspective, we really, we really appreciate that. And we need to keep developing those relationships because the, the key thing is trust. We need to trust each other and give each other the information. It's really difficult to develop that trust. And one bad thing that happens can destroy that trust. So we need to be very careful as we go forward there but we need to continue the trust between the, the um, government and the industry in terms of intelligence sharing. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and having been in this field for almost 30 years, I remember the days when we would just simply tell industry, you need to go do X and without explanation. And, and with that really, it, it lacked credibility. And now with the increased intelligence sharing and, and having industry stakeholder partners that are cleared at a secret level that can come in and get a secret level brief on intelligence activity, it lends credibility for us when we're asking industry to do more or different security features because of, of current threats and intelligence. So couldn't agree more. And I think it's built our credibility by advancing that. In, in, in the last minute and the last question, could you just tell us what your biggest hot button issues are right now? Sure. Uh, and that would be forthcoming uh, international air cargo requirements to screen all outbound international freight on an all cargo carrier for explosives by June 2021. So for anyone in the industry who has not heard of that, uh, please do some research. It's going to be a game changer. That's great, John. Yeah, I, I, I would agree that that's a top priority. Yep. Thanks, Steve. It's been great talking to you. You too, John. Safe travels home. Yep. Take care.